Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. This week's guest is someone I recently started following on Instagram. Her name is Lauren Vehar, and she is a hotness coach. Now, when I first saw her page and I saw that title, Hotness Coach, part of me felt a little bit triggered. I think it was just because of the story I tell myself around my own body image and and really this deprogramming I'm trying to do around diet culture in and of itself that made me feel like, huh, that's making me feel a little bit strange in my body, but I followed her anyway, and I am so glad that I did because right after I gave her that follow, she slid into my DMs with video messages to me, introducing herself, you know, asking what she could do for me. And she'll mention it in this episode that when you follow her on Instagram and when you do interact with her, she doesn't just treat you like another number, just another faceless person who she doesn't know. You truly immediately feel like you're friends with this woman. And it's unlike anything else I think I've ever even experienced on social media with basically a stranger. She is so real and so honest about the shit she's been through that it makes you immediately want to uncover the things that maybe are your own beliefs specifically around what it really even means to be hot. So in this conversation, we talk about that. What does it really mean to be hot? And why has diet culture taking these terms of sexy and hot and turned them into these ideas that we need to look a certain way when in fact, Lauren says, it's nothing about the way you look. It's all about the way you feel. In our chat, we talk about, like I mentioned, diet culture, its effect on women's mentality and our body image, embodiment as a tool to live unapologetically, the two questions you can ask yourself right now to start living more in alignment with your truest self. She talks about how to truly be hot, and she says that your number one job is to feel delicious and worthy. Seriously, this conversation made me feel so seen and heard. And so if you're someone who has struggled with disordered eating in the past, an eating disorder, or living in this hamster wheel of feeling like you should look a certain way, I think you guys are going to get so much out of this conversation. And I hope you come away just like I have, feeling like you have all the power to live your most delicious, hottest, aligned life no matter what the scale says, and no matter what you look like in the mirror. Lauren's mission is to help women look and feel their most unstoppable, sexy, and delicious selves so they can live the life of their wildest dreams. So please join me in welcoming Lauren Vehar to the Light Within podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So the first question I love to ask is, what ignites your light within? Yes off the cuff. I guess what ignites my light within is just the high I get in living life and the energy I feel when I'm feeling the most joyful, the most at peace, the most content, the most accepting of myself. 
I love it. And so I found you through another coach online and started uh, following your Instagram, love the vibe. But for those who don't follow you, kind of give us an introduction to yourself, your story and the work that you do. Yeah. So my name is Lauren Behar. Originally, I'm from Minnesota. I've been out in California now for like, it's been eight years, which is so crazy. So this is my new home. I am a hotness coach. And it's been such a journey, as you can imagine. It's like, what is even, what is a hotness coach? Like, what even is that? Uh, Because for me, I was like, I don't know what that is. But (laughs) essentially, my journey has just been so crazy. I started out, um, I've been in the health and wellness industry for over 10 years, like working in corporate, teaching classes, getting all the certifications, kinesiology degree, all that kind of stuff. And I was going to go into physical therapy. It was boring for me, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up going into coaching and I opened up my own practice. I was kind of doing a bunch of stuff like side hustles on the side in San Diego. And then I transitioned into confidence coaching and then moved into body and food freedom coaching. And now I'm into hotness. So it's really a holistic way of aligning your mind, your body, your heart, and your spirit. Because I believe that who we were created to be was made for the most, the best, most delicious, yummy version of ourselves. And I think that we as women have such a hard time stepping into that. We apologize so much because we don't want to seem bad or we don't want to have our hearts um, questioned. You know, we don't want to seem like we're vain or like we're obsessive with our bodies. And the truth is, is we all want to feel amazing. We all want to feel sexy. We all want to feel delicious. And if we can give ourselves permission and um, really get aligned in that and feel safe in our homes, as I would say, our bodies, our homes, then we can move forward and actually show up in the world who we were always created to be. So that's a little bit of background. I guess I can talk more about my story if that's another question. Yeah, absolutely. I will say when I first saw, you know, the hotness coach pop up, it's almost a little triggering if you've come from a place where you've had low self-esteem or low body image. And what's interesting is knowing what I have stalked on your Instagram is that you kind of come from some places of lower body image too, right? 100%. Yes. I just actually was talking to a a woman in my DM and I was talking about self-worth because the truth is, is it may may seem like on the other side, being a hotness coach is like, woe is me. And do you have any sensitivity for women that are actually struggling with it? And in fact, I have the deepest heart and the biggest empathy because I have struggled for so long. I was uh, my freshman year in college, I was in a sorority. I was starving myself, like literally living off of carrots and hummus and I dropping crazy weight and, and just hating my body, hating myself. It really started in high school, but I have such compassion because I truly feel that we are always searching for, we're, we're searching for a better feeling. We're searching to feel sexy and, and to belong and to just love ourselves. And so I never want to seem like I'm insensitive. However, what I do believe is we always have a choice. And that's why I guess I've continued to choose myself to get to a place where I actually can help women see that they can give themselves permission to want that instead of mm-hmm. feeling like, man, I have to stay stuck in my body and I have to feel like it's betraying me constantly because I've been there too, feeling betrayed. And so the short story long is, yes, I have such a big compassionate heart for women with self-worth. Mm. And and basically, did all of those struggles kind of lead you to the work you are in right now? Sort of what what is the backstory that kind of got you into hotness coaching? Yes. So the truth is, is I had a big wake up call in 2015 when I got a I dropped a barbell on my head. I was um, bodybuilding and I was kind of gung ho. This just goes into my self-worth, and my body image. I was lifting in the gym after my bodybuilding competition. I dropped a bar in my head and I got a post-concussion, uh, post concussion, or excuse me, 
traumatic brain injury. Now I have post-concussion syndrome Mm -hmm. and I've lived with it now since 2015. So six years, it's pretty crazy. And essentially that catapulted me into like, who the hell am I? (laughs) I've worked my ass off hours in the gym, dieting, Mm -hmm. eating tilapia in the mornings, like crazy, crazy, restrictive, (laughs) disgusting diet culture and my lifestyle. And I just got to this place where I was like, who am I? And I was really in the Christian, uh, world at that time, some background on me really came from that Christian kind of family and foundation. I grew up Catholic, all that stuff. But anyways, and at the time, I just remember feeling so lost and just trying to find who I was. And then in 2019, this is like skipping some time, I graduated college and all this stuff, but I had a big relapse because for the years that I was in San Diego teaching, I was a fitness instructor and doing all the things. I was just working myself into the ground. I was yo-yo dieting, starving myself, working out like three times a day, teaching classes, obsessive, right? Like just really like hammering my body into the ground. And finally, I in 2019, I moved up to Los Angeles to start my master's degree in leadership, which I now have. And I graduated last December and um, everything blew up, like my brain injury fully relapsed. Like I felt like I just had it again. My PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome for anyone that has it, you know what that's like. And my Hashimoto's were like on fire, full fledged. And so my body was just inflamed. I was like 175, which sometimes weight can be triggering too, but I'm 45 pounds lighter now. And so I talk about this a lot too, just my the weight that I was carrying was so much fear and anxiety. And it wasn't even like it was in my body and my body as a result was inflamed. But anyways, So that was my big wake up call in 2019. And and since then, I just have been on the self-love and self-worth journey to unlock and unleash more of who Lauren truly is. And so I'm in this place of deep, radical self-love and acceptance and just being unapologetic for it in it that I've never been. I've just never been in this place before. So I decided the last couple weeks here, I broke up with my boyfriend of seven months. It was like, it just felt right. It was time. I invested in myself and something changed. Something just opened up when I decided to take the leap and decide that there was more for me, especially breaking up with that guy and going, it's okay, Lauren, you're on this journey and you're going to figure it out and there's more for you. Mm. So you kind of mentioned, you know, your progression through like, um, starving yourself as a freshman in college. I kind of had the same situation where I had an eating disorder for years and years. And I think we are kind of made to believe based on media and our society that like to be sexy, you got to be skinny or you got to have like the Kardashian body at this point. Because when I was growing up, so I'm 35, when I was growing up, it was like, Kate Moss body, super, super, super thin, like no curves. Then it completely shifted, right? Whenever the Kardashians came out and it was like big boobs, big butt, little tiny waist. What does hotness mean to you as a hotness coach? Like, what does it mean to be hot and sexy? Yes, I love that. Such a good point. I know, right? Going back to like the 90s and 2000s. (laughs) My roommate and I were watching Sex in the City the other other day and I'm like, oh my God, that's so crazy. It was so tiny. Um, for me, when I think of hotness and sexiness, it's an embodiment. It's an energy. It's like a vibe, if you will. And what it goes back to is who you were always created to be. You were always created to be yummy, delicious, flavorful, your full self, confident, energetic. Like that is exactly why when we aren't feeling good and we have bad feeling thoughts, we don't feel good. And that's what I always say to my clients. What a beautiful gift that you have a compass that would actually tell you that you're not feeling good 
because that's not who you were created to be. That's why you want to feel good. That's why you want to feel sexy. So can you give yourself permission to just be who you've always been created to be? Yeah. And I think what's interesting is when I was in the throes of like not eating or binge and purging or just exercising it all out, it's funny because I didn't feel like I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel sexy. And what's wild is like you're you know, you're telling yourself when I get to a certain weight, I'll feel this way. But it's sort of one of those things where when you get there, you still don't feel the same. You don't feel good even when you get to that perceived goal, right? So I love what you said about the fact that it is a vibe. It is like an energy that you can embody no matter what your body looks like. Absolutely. Yes, I can relate to that. I I have flashbacks of me standing on stage as a bodybuilder and I remember being my tiniest ever and feeling so unsatisfied. And it's just, you think you're going to feel a certain way when you get there. And I've slowly realized that the here, the where, the where you want to be is actually here, the there, mm-hmm. the top, the whatever million dollars, the the car, the life, the body it's here now. So I couldn't agree with that more. Mm. So when we talk about like diet culture, how do you think, and we kind of already hinted on this, like, how do you really think that diet culture has twisted this whole perception of, of being hot and being sexy and is damaging to specifically women out there? Yeah. Oh God. Such a great question because I see a couple, a couple things here on one side, I see the body worth, body acceptance, body positivity, body love at any size. And I see there's a lot of neglect there. And I, I also see there's a lot of disempowerment there because there's a safe place to be, to have empathy and compassion. Like we were just talking about, like not being so off the cuff that it's like, oh, I can't even relate to you. That's just not true. But I think that there's a place of like, how long are you going to stay in that? Because there's a space and time to have, to grieve, to feel, to to be where you're at and acknowledge that your experiences are valid to have created the story that you that you now believe about yourself. And then there's the opposite side, which is like the crazy calorie counting macros in the gym every day, take pictures of my ass and put them all over, whatever, make them look good, facetune them. There's like such extremes and that's all rooted again in the ego and rooted in kind of the victim mentality. So I guess I see them in different ways in opposition that they're both ego related. And when you actually come home to your authentic self, or if you believe in your inner guidance, source, God, universe, whatever is like actually in you that has created you divinely, then you're able to know that who you are with your energy and with your heart is so good and so divine and so beautiful that you can just trust that. And and so I think that's to answer a question, I always quiet the noise and come back to that because there's this really sweet centering place that just feels so good and so peaceful and so homey. And Mm -hmm. I think that the narratives that have gone around are valid. And I, I think that there's space to hold those. And yet I still go back to the question of, okay, so now what? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's my next question. So now what? So if you've recognized that you've been striving for this ideal that you don't even really maybe want in your deepest, like your deepest self, but you think you should be wanting, right? Like the shoulds, you should be this way. You should be smaller. You know, if you do come to the point where you recognize, okay, I'm living in a diet mentality because of diet culture and because of society, you know, how do you break out of that and sort of, you know, move past it 
to acknowledge your true self, especially if you're someone who's been quieting their intuition, not listening to their body because of the fact that they've either been starving themselves or they've been working out past the point of like comfort. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you have to reach that point. I know I did. I think it's this, this really gets this really intentional place of realizing that there's something else different for you. I know I got to that place and I would hope that you wouldn't have to be where I was, which is like inflamed and my body was erupting with that PCOS, Hashimoto's, my brain injury, that kind of stuff. However, sometimes we do need like big wake up calls. I literally needed a hit to the head to wake myself up and say, Lauren, this is not fucking it. Like there's something Mm -hmm. else. So I think it's this moment of consciousness where we get to decide. And this goes back to what I was just saying is our power is now our power and understanding that connection puts us in our power to understand that we don't feel good. And now we get to choose. So what are you going to do with it? And there's a lot of fear around the unknown because when you've been living that way, like, you know, this Leslie, it's like when you've been dieting or restricting or whatever, it feels your only way of being. And even though you hate it, it's like familiar Mm -hmm. So to disrupt that and to get out of that is the scary part. And so it's really going into this place of possibility of instead of focusing on the fear, how could you shift into the possibility of what could be? What else could be? What could your life look like? How could you feel? What is possible? Absolutely. I think one thing that really helped me shift out of it was thinking about what else could I be focusing all this time, energy and money on? You know, like when I think back to how much money I've spent, even like just on, you know, crazy gym memberships or food that I then decided to throw up or, you know, time spent weighing, meal prepping, incessantly weighing myself, taking those pictures, those measurements. Like when I thought about the fact that I could be doing so much more good in the world and for myself, I think that's what finally shifted for me. Mm, That's so sweet. Yeah. I think for me, when I really go deep down, my motive wasn't at the time, it was self-love, but truly my motive was I feared that a man would never love me. So getting really vulnerable here, I always wanted the affirmation of a man. I grew up with divorced parents and I didn't feel like I really connected with my dad. My dad was kind of out of the picture and my mom was a single mom doing her thing and a lot, a lot of, a lot of trauma there, I'd say emotionally and wanting to be loved by a man and being affirmed. And so my seeking validation for a lot of my life has been through men. And Mm -hmm. even the last couple months here, I've done a lot of work around that to continue to release that validation for me to step into my own and feel so good regardless of that attention. And so actually what catapulted me into that was realizing that I hated my body. I didn't want to go on dates I didn't want to do anything or or wear anything that actually made me feel sexy, made me feel good because I hated myself and I wanted to go get unlocked so that I could attract love. So that was mm-hmm. really like what catapulted me into it. And then and then deeply knowing, hey, I've got some deep stuff with my dad and I really yeah. want to figure it out regardless of a relationship now. I want it for me. Mm, thanks for sharing all of that. Wow. Yeah. I think uncovering the parts of yourself that kind of led you to it is so important, right? And I think... Uh, kind of what you mentioned about when you're in those spaces where you realize this is coming from a f- like a place of hate, like me hating my body, me hating this way. It's like we don't take care of things that we hate. So moving into a way to find yourself 
loving your body. You talk a lot about embodiment and that has helped me significantly. And there's so many different, you know, ways to define embodiment. I really like just getting in my body with breath work, but what do you em- uh, define bo- embodiment as? Yes. Oh, I just did a great breath work session last night. I'm a, such a fan. <laughs> I love it. Um, for me, I think I go back to my way of being when I am being and I'm in alignment in the most gracious, joyful, peaceful, radiant way. I allow myself to just be in that embodiment. Just my energy is high. My feeling is joy and the things I'm attracting are just sweet. And so that can look like, I know, expressing like, how would you express that? And how do you get into that embodiment? A lot of times for me, it's walking, being out in nature. I love to dance just like freely whenever I feel like my soul's like, hey, Lauren, turn on a song. Let's just bump up the energy. Let's just feel, I don't know, feel happy. Let's go feel happy. Mm -hmm. I go to that place of happiness or talking to my mom, talking to a friend, working out. Sometimes it's just resting, like laying on Mm -hmm. the couch, reading a book. It doesn't have to be even doing anything. Yeah. I think for me, it's kind of like learning to not think about shoulds and think about like what you really, really want. I just read something today and it was like, instead of thinking things like I should go to the gym, change the should to could, I could go to the gym. So it it sort of just opens up a better expansiveness versus retraction, right? Where you're feeling like it's not restrictive. Now it's a possibility. Like I could go to the gym. I could go for a walk. I could take a nap. I could read this book. And I think for where I am after coming from where I've been, it's important to be like all possibilities are okay. All movement of my body is okay. And I don't have to be there like doing crazy deadlifts and running on the treadmill for 30 minutes to still feel in my body and, and work on loving it. Absolutely. I love that. Cause I think when I really zoom out and I think about what I am doing in my embodiment, whether it's like working out, drinking water, resting, reading a book, it's all in just small chunks of what feels good. So it's never like a time that I used to spend like hours at the gym, even thinking about this morning, what I did was I went to the playground <laughs> and I swing. I was like just swinging. And then I decided I looked over and I was like, oh, the monkey bars look fun. So I just did like three sets of pull-ups. <laughs> I was like, this is my workout for today. And I did some, I did some like um, toes to bar and I just had fun. And it was like yeah. probably 15 minutes. Play. You're playing. Yes. I was just playing. Exactly. Awesome. So, you know, in our culture, a lot of times women are told, don't trust your body. Your body is evil or shameful, like hide your body, especially like with you growing up in a religious family, like I did as well. You know, how can we start deconstructing beliefs like that? And do you think that is ultimately sort of what leads into your hotness coaching? Yeah. I think that when it comes to deconstructing beliefs, I think always in the first, whenever I'm working with someone, the first thing we do is like, what are you believing? What are the Mm -hmm. stories coming up for you and how can we validate those stories? Again, can we give you significance and can we identify how this has actually shaped you for the better, like how this has taken place and how we can reshape that so that you can move forward and create a different future and and a new new story. And I think that it's our job. This goes into empowerment and self-worth of when we have awareness of those stories and we know what isn't feeling good, we can decide whether or not we want to believe those. And it comes down to us, like, like let's tune in, let's bring it into our inner being 
or whatever you believe, our inner source, our, gu- our guidance, some form. And let's see how it feels. And does it feel good or not? <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. goes into my coaching. It's very simple. Like, does it feel good or not? And in my mind, I'm such a rational thinker in that way. I grew up very like black and white mm-hmm. and in a place of fear of wanting to do the right thing all the time and kind of white knuckling it, doing the shoulds. So it's different to be in this place of, well, what actually feels good to your soul and trusting myself, trusting my heart, trusting my good intention that if I actually trust that, I will always have the right thing and I'll always know the right thing and it'll always feel so good. So I think I answered part of your question about like how to deconstruct that, deconstruct those beliefs a little bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the other part was kind of when it comes to your your coaching and, and helping women, you know, fully embody themselves and and be you know unapo- unapologetically themselves um how much does deconstructing beliefs play into that is that kind of step one i think you kind of mentioned that oh yeah i think that's i think that's the majority of the beginning at least of my coaching cuz a lot of my in my food freedom academy for example the first half is deconstruction i mean mm-hmm. it's like what do i even know what do I believe? What are the stories that I've been drilling in my mind? Because I always share this. A belief is just a thought, thought over and over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. when it's automated, everything we do has a is a belief, everything. We just don't realize it because it's so ingrained in our mind. And for us to be able to deconstruct it and relax and release, you know, then we can move forward. Yep. And I love that you mentioned your Food Freedom Academy too, because I feel like there has been recently, maybe over the last you know, couple of years, I've sort of just now found it right over the last few months. But there has been this part living on the internet where it's getting into intuitive eating and, and stopping, you know, macro counting, like, God, I've, I've been counting my fucking macros for like years, right? And, totally. I, and, and because I was like, okay, well, that's healthier than counting calories. Because it's, you know, thinking more of the wholeness of a food versus like just what those one that one number is on the label. So I'd love for you to kind of explain what food freedom is all about. And I have to imagine that that's kind of what has led you into where you are now for yourself. Amen. Amen, Leslie. I have a program called Macro Madness to Massive Mindfulness, which is actually coaching right now. I just had my last, my first coaching session with them last night. And these women are, that's what they're doing. They're going, I'm sick of counting macros. I'm sick of feeling fucking crazy. I'm sick of living my life by the scale and obsessing over it. I don't feel empowered. I feel scared because I don't have control in the sense (laughs) when it's the opposite. So I think this goes back to just trust, trust and trust and trust and trust. And at the core of it, going beneath the surface is value, 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 value. How much do you value yourself? Because if you value yourself, then you're connected to yourself. If you're connected to yourself, then you're listening to yourself. If you're listening to yourself, then you love yourself. If you love yourself, then you trust yourself. It's like this circular, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what way. (laughs) Serpentine. Yes. And so it's really breaking it down into last night we talked about these stories and the power that they've had over their lives for so long around. Like, for example, one of mine was white rice is going to make me fat. I can't eat it simple, like white rice, but I could have sourdough bread. It's like, I can have a piece of sourdough, but I can't have white rice. Right. Right. And it's like, okay. So it's an interesting story, but our ego wants to internalize that and make it feel shameful and make it be this big thing of who I am. And so it's really getting to this place of ego work and also separating that of like, 
who you are in your being is not your ego. Your ego has kept you safe for this long. Beautiful. It's helped you cope with things. It's created stories. And now you get to tell your ego, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm the adult. I'm safe. You're free to let go. (laughs) So it's just so much permission, so much forgiveness. That's the other thing. So much forgiveness for, Hey, I used to believe this and I bought into the story and I was living by the story for a long time. And I forgive you so much, so much forgiveness because there's a lot of resentment there. I think that is just layered from years of feeling so stuck and so frustrated and so not trusting. Mm-hmm. I love that because, yeah, I've had to work on the forgiving of myself and also kind of, in a way, grieving this whole idea. You know, I've been like toiling with this and I've been reading a book called Unapologetic Eating by um, Alyssa Rumsey. And basically she says, you know, you can grieve the whole the grieve the loss of this ideal body you thought you should have, you know, this, this thin body grieve it because you know, in your, in your being that like, that's not, you know, good for you. That's not how you were truly meant to be. And also the fact that like, if we really get down to it, the diet culture and this whole idea of having to be thin is pretty much like a sexist, like racist thing that came back from like, generations and generations ago where they really wanted to keep women stuck right and keep certain marginalized communities down so oh. i've had to be like okay it's okay to grieve that even though i know now in my head i'm like that was never something i should have been trying to strive for so do you kind of get the same idea with some of these women like do they you, do they have to work through this whole grieving process of like grieving who maybe even they once were so they can move into who they now are Absolutely. Yeah. A big part of it is, is the forgiveness and the compassion. And again, flipping the story of like, instead of punishing myself for all the things I did wrong, what are all the ways that I've learned from it? What are all the things that I've done right? How have I become and blossomed into the woman that I am today? Instead of punishing myself for all the things that I, that, that I did that were quote unquote wrong when nothing is wrong. And this goes so deep, but like the wrongness that we fear is because we believe we're wrong. We believe we're invalid. We believe that we're defective. And I always go back to you are right and you are right and you are right and you are right Mm -hmm. because you are good and you are good and you are good and you are good. Mm. Absolutely. And I also love the whole idea of not looking at you know, just like you're not judging your feelings as good or bad. They're just feelings that are energy that move through you. I've started to not judge food as good or bad because at the core of it, all food does have some kind of nutrient in it, whether or not it's like a lot of nutrients or not that much nutrients. So when I started taking off this label that I put on good, bad, clean junk, I think I'm moving towards a place where it's like, it is more food freedom. And I'm wondering if in your program, you also kind of have to like destigmatize certain foods, kind of like the white rice thing. Like why is white rice? Okay. Um, Why is quinoa? Okay. But like rice and beans, maybe not. It's wild. Absolutely. It's crazy. And there's always like, I know for me, brown rice, I was able to eat for a long time and white, I wasn't, for example, (laughs) there's so many things like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's just so many labels that we have to take off. There was something else that was coming up for me. And I was, I was going to share that. I think it had to do with like, first of all, I love that you just shared around race and that um, like 
the racism and like keeping marginalized communities small. I'm like, wow, that is a totally different dimension, like in a really important way. Cause what I was thinking in, I guess, like lateral to that was, I guess I go back to our intentions as humans. I truly believe that we always have good intentions. And so where I'm going with this is when it comes to like a shake or a diet or uh, the Peloton, like when it comes to different things, I truly believe that even if we're acting out of fear, even if we're acting out of a belief that is racist, whatever you want to say, it comes from a place of intention. And I believe that we have good intentions. And I think that we don't trust our intentions well enough to actually live into the love and the peace and the belonging to let it lead us to where we really want to go. So when I unravel fear and keeping, or excuse me, racism and keeping uh, marginalized communities small, I'm like, well, at the core of it, it really is just fear. It's just that person being detached from who they truly are, because if they really knew who they were, then they would know that they're a beautiful person and they would know that they can trust their intention, that their heart is good. So I guess I just like to melt it all down. I just go back to the foundation, which is you are good. Your intention is good. Those people didn't create Herbalife because they wanted you to rot in your room and feel like I can't ever lose this weight and I feel like shit because all I drink is Herbalife and it's, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking over my life. Like they didn't create that for that intention. I truly believe that they did it as a tool, as a as an option, as an addition to the world, just like you and I are on this podcast. Like you created this with a beautiful intention and it's what we do with it from our own experiences that mold that. And so this goes into a lot of my coaching too, which is you are the meaning maker of your experience. You are the meaning maker of white rice. You are the meaning maker of whatever it is in your life. You get to decide. And if you don't like that meaning, then let's motherfucking change it. Yeah. Absolutely. So another thing that you talk really, really openly about is showing up unapologetically. So what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. So this has been a journey for me too, because I think there's the like, I give no fucks. And then there's like, I give Mm -hmm. a ton of fucks. I care so much. I'm insecure. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Right. And and they're both rooted. Let's go back to this. Back to this is the ego. They're both rooted in the ego. Like I give no fucks. I, my behavior doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want when I want. And then vice versa. And showing up unapologetically is actually in this sweet place of alignment. It's in this place of like, I know who I am. And I trust myself so much. And it goes back to, I trust my intention so much that I can show up and know that my heart is good and I'm here. When you think about showing up unapologetically, how do you feel like that helps people start identifying and then moving toward achieving like their deep desires? How is the whole, you know, getting to a place where I don't give fucks, but like maybe I used to give fucks. um, How does the whole movement into unapologetic living help you uncover what you really, really want? Yeah. When you said that, I had this like openness in my chest, just like oh, like air moving through it because I feel like in the last couple months here, I've opened up so much space. I didn't know was in me to step into that unapologetically, just being myself and being aligned with my desires. And I think it just gives us this feeling of freedom this Mm -hmm. feeling of peace and the centeredness that we're looking for, like in all the things and all the diets and all the workouts and all the dating and all the things that we're doing. 
it's just, we're, we're chasing this feeling. We're chasing this expansion. We're chasing this freedom. And I think that's what I feel when you, when you just shared that it's like, Oh, this is it. Mm -hmm. And it also kind of, to me, feels like when you stop apologizing for yourself, when I can get to that spot, then that's where the true embodiment of hotness is, right? So it's like when I stop apologizing for the fact that like, oh, I didn't have time to get ready today or, oh, you know, I don't really look that great in this bathing suit, like, sorry, or whatever you would fucking say. Like when you can get through that and start living in it, is that where the hotness is? <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Because it's really that, that sort of, let's just call it wavelength of worthiness. Yes. <laughs> Off the cuff. Yeah. It's really the more that you understand yourself and you trust yourself, the more you release it. And the more that you feel that like flow, that energy, that shift that allows you to step into that space. And the more space you have, the more freedom you have. And the more freedom you have, the more you trust yourself. And the more you trust yourself, the more you become so decisive that you know what feels right. And this is where I move into the hotness coaching specifically, which is like, I would say there's it's higher level in the sense that the woman that I usually coach is in that space to receive it because she's done the work down here. Like kind of what you're Mm -hmm. saying. There's like different places that we find ourselves on the journey And the hotness comes where you finally decided that you've broken free from the rules, from your old patterns, deconstructing the ego. And you're in this place of receptivity to know that you're craving more and you actually are giving yourself permission. And you're like, whoa, this feels a little scary, but I actually believe I'm so worthy that I'm going to go for it. And I know that when I go for it, my expansion is going to feel so delicious. And I know that I'm going to become even more magnetic for the love, for the abundance, for the money, for all the desires of my heart, that I'm just going to experience the muchness. And so it's Mm -hmm. all about like receiving. It's actually the most worthy place you can be to be hot and to be sexy and to embody it because you're saying I'm worthy. Oh my gosh. I don't have to apologize anymore. And this is where I'm an NLP practitioner, neuro-linguistic practitioner, where I really help you anchor in your subconscious where I say, Hey, now you're giving yourself permission to, you've changed the story. Now you're giving yourself permission to completely create a new pathway that's going to be easy and effortless. And you're going to go there quick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So a lot of my coaching is reprogramming your subconscious mind to get you there because you're in this place of receptivity and then watch the universe deliver. Mm. And so would you mind giving us just a couple of maybe practices that folks can use if they're maybe feeling the call to kind of go into this work, um, to live more unapologetically? Yeah. I'm like, let me just feel what comes up. (laughs) This is all I do. I feel my intuition. I trust my inner source. I just know it. So the first thing that's coming up for me is basic, which is how are you feeling? How are you feeling now? Are you feeling yummy? In my coaching, I use this a lot. Are you feeling yummy, delicious, vivacious, vibrant? Or are you feeling fearful, anxious, uncertain, uh, nervous system kind of disrupted? Because right there, that will tell you every single Mm -hmm. decision we, we should make, should, want to make, desire to make, are made to make, should be delicious, yummy, wonderful, expansive. If not, (laughs) Bye bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the first thing is how are you feeling about what you're doing? Whether you could put anything, you could say like drinking coffee, where does this fit? Mm-hmm. Wearing my glasses, where does this fit? Anything. 
doing a podcast, working at my job? Is it yummy, delicious, savory? If it's not, I don't got time. I don't space, time, bye bye. I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing would be kind of go, going back to what I always ask is like, okay, so now what? Your power is now. You get to decide. Is it yummy or is it yucky? What do you want more of? Do you want more mm-hmm. of the yum? Beautiful. The power's inside of you. You decide. So those are like the two things that I can leave you with in the most practical, mm-hmm. actionable, in the moment. Feel it out. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And I love that so many times when I talk to coaches, the first question is, ask yourself, how am I feeling? Because that is just kind of the most basic thing. But like, why do most of us not fucking think of that? And and totally. right, like we're thinking, <laughs> I'm feeling, and then like when I'm, I'm like, how am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling like I should be doing this, should be doing this, should be this. And that's not the question. Like, this isn't what should you be doing? The question is like, how do you fucking feel in your body? It's so tough, right? It's it's a lot tougher than it sounds, but God, it's so powerful when you get to it. It is because you're right. We live our minds. We live our lives, I should say, in our, in our mind, in the, in the conscious. I'm mm-hmm. struggling with words to say too. The majority of who we are is actually our subconscious mind. Our body if, you, if you've heard of The Body Keeps the Score, houses mm-hmm. all the trauma, all the memories, mm-hmm. all the emotions, everything. And we don't give ourselves permission because we create stories around, I shouldn't be feeling this or, oh, mm-hmm. I, I want to make a million dollars. That's stupid. It's like, just, mm-hmm. I want to have a six pack. That's really vain. And I shouldn't want that. And well, why not? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck not? When I was in the playground this morning, I was thinking, I looked over and these little girls were having so much fun and I was like swinging and I was just doing my thing. And I'm like, you know what? Every single morning parents bring their kids to the playground. When did we stop doing that as adults? Mm -hmm. Why is it weird to watch an adult swing on a swing? Why? That's normal to me. So (laughs) it's my normal now. You know, I just was thinking about that of just, we live so much in our heads and our heads yeah. are the ones stopping us from our hearts because our hearts are guiding us all the way. And I, it, what, whatever you believe in God, universe, I believe God and the universe wants to bless us. I don't believe we're here to be punished. I believe we're here to be mm-hmm. worthy and mm-hmm. receive and allow and feel that deliciousness. So it just goes back to worthiness. All the whole story is just worthiness. And to the woman listening to this, you're so motherfucking worthy. I just cannot stress that enough. Mm. So you have so many programs going on. How can folks work with you, learn from you, connect with you? Yes. The easiest way is through Instagram. I'm always popping off on Instagram, some ridiculous real whatever. <laughs> Come into my direct messages. I will not treat you like another number. That's the one thing. When you join my community, Leslie knows this. Yeah. I will talk to you personally. I will get to know you personally. I want to know your heart. I want to know what you want and I want to help you get there. You are not another person on the internet. You are not another person in this world. You are a special human. And so when you come into my world, you are celebrated, you are supported, and I will be there for you. Ah, Well, Lauren, is there anything else you feel called to share that I didn't ask you about? No, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. This has been amazing. I loved it. Wow. 
I hope you guys got so much out of that conversation. Lauren has so many offerings right now. And like she said, social media is definitely the place to connect with her. So I'll put the links to her Instagram in the show notes below. You can connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. If there's someone you would love to hear on the podcast or if you have a question, send me an email at thelightwithinpodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support this podcast is by downloading episodes episodes, rating them, reviewing them, and sharing them with someone you love. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.